0: Welcome to the Meet the Pros podcast series. This episode, we're with Evan Altimus, who is a pregame pro, and hopefully this series will give you guys a chance to get to know and meet the pros a little better and understand how you can use them to help your winning. Okay, so Evan, say hi to the uh, listeners.
1: Hey, this is Evan Altimus. Uh, This is my first... Uh, meet the pros segment. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about uh, just from my personal handicapping uh, strategy is uh, discipline. I think discipline is one of the most important keys to being a good handicapper. Uh, the, the biggest key uh, for me where I learned discipline from was uh, being a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, it instilled with me uh, some, some uh, key characteristics uh, that I think are critical to my handicapping success. Uh, the the biggest reason why discipline is so important because you're you're going to go through winning and losing streaks as a handicapper it's it's going to happen uh, and so the the biggest thing is sticking with what works during the the losing streak. Okay, so let me jump in, Evan
0: is, and that's a key point is, and and this is something I I preach on the forums. I mean, literally, I preach it. And, um, and for those who don't know, this is RJ Bell, who's hosting this podcast. I didn't actually mention that at the beginning. Is One of the things I preach is losing is inevitable. Inevit- the very best handicappers I know, the pro batters here in Vegas that literally live in mansions offer their winnings, will have losing seasons. The best NBA... NBA guy I know has won six out of seven seasons but think about that for an entire season 82 games he lost so that's going to happen no matter what if you're handicapping yourself if you're buying picks you're going to lose the question is sometimes during certain streaks the question is what do you do during those times
1: so Evan specifically during the losing streaks what do you try to do the thing I try to do is look at what hasn't worked. Look at you know maybe did I have a new thought that that wasn't uh, that wasn't there? Um, am I not looking at the right pieces of information? Uh, the biggest thing is doing the proper research. Am I am I looking at the right things? Uh, and and I cannot emphasize enough about uh, staying disciplined to your research because it's it's so easy to get sidetracked and and just start picking more plays and and not doing with what's worked before. Uh, Okay. So, so let me jump in. So when it comes to volume is if you're on a losing streak, how, how does that affect your volume? It definitely, uh, my, my selections definitely tend to decrease during a losing streak because one of the biggest mistakes amateur bettors make is during losing streaks, they'll try to make up their winnings and increase their unit size and increase the amount of selections that they make. So during a losing streak, I'll try to tone it down and, and decrease the selections and decrease the unit size. And during the winning streaks, I'll maximize uh, the, how well I'm seeing everything and I'll, I'll increase the unit size, uh, ch- try to really isolate those stronger plays. Now, during the losing streaks, how does your work pattern or work style change, if at all? It definitely increases because I need to find out what's not working. Uh, And the only way to do that is through hard work. And I think you need to be adaptable and and really think about what hasn't been uh, working well and, 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 get rid of those uh those trends or or thoughts that you had that that were producing those losing selections. Okay, now that's a, you make a great point is there's a
0: balance between sticking to the plan in general saying I believe I'm a winning handicapper is something you would say to yourself or or history shows I'm a winning handicapper and just like if you're buying picks and you're saying capper X or capper Y, he's a winner over the course of 12 months. He's in a losing streak right now. So we preach, stick to the plan, still play this guy. But you as a capper, how do you balance that with how do I somehow improve my approach and improve the plan because I can learn something from the the fact that
1: I'm losing right now? I think one of the the biggest uh, keys to my success has been taking uh, the, the lessons that I've learned from previous handicappers in the old school approach while trying to establish a new way of thinking. Uh, it, because I think sometimes uh, handicappers get stuck in a rut, such as saying, you know, I, I can't take uh, road favorites. You know, I refuse to take them. But that strategy in the long run is going to negatively impact your ability to produce long-term winners. You need to stick with fundamentals, but at the same time bring a, a new look in a new approach and be flexible in your approach to the games, because if you just stick with the same strategy year after year, you're going to miss out on some really good opportunities. You know, you make a great point. This is actually something I've been discussing a good
0: bit recently, is the idea that in the last you know few years, so let's just say, and not that this is the last few years, it's longer, but let's say since year 2000, is the old ways of the wise guys are dying. The old school, okay, I'm only gonna play underdogs. I'm only gonna play unders on the totals and all the things that the old timers still do to their detriment exclusively. They don't, they cannot vary from that. And what's happened is, Pre-2000, pre-internet really, the amount of people that understood, hey, you don't always play the over, hey, you don't always play the favor, was a smaller percentage of the betting public. So the betting market was more uninformed, and thus if you just did a couple things right, you would always have the best of it. Well, since the internet, everyone's learned and, you know, for example, pregame.com in the forums, the discussions increase the knowledge and expertise of everyone in there and they realize that I don't always play the favorite. I don't always play the over. And now the markets change and those old timers are having trouble and the young guns are able to see that there's a fresh way to look at things that are not restricted by the old rules. Uh, you learn from the old rules but you actually try to go beyond them. So talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, I think one of the keys to my success over the last few seasons has been able to identify certain trends that have changed from year to year. I really think that sports betting is a constantly evolving uh, game and you need to stay current on the the most recent trends. Uh, It's it's always changing. Uh, These past few uh, college basketball and college football seasons are evident by that uh, you have to adapt to the to a new way of thinking, so when you say trend now a common use of the word trend is okay
0: is uh, team a is fourteen and five in this spot. I think what you mean is the general market trends as in are the favorites being uh is the lines too high on the favorites the lines too low underdogs all the different
1: categories is that the kind of betting market trends you're talking about Exactly and I think one of the biggest ways to represent that is if you look at this past college football and college basketball season you, you notice that road road teams have been playing much better because the these these kids are they're, they're playing at a higher level earlier in their career. In high school, they're going to uh, huge stadiums and, and playing in, in uh, hostile environments. So when they get to the college level, they've been, they're more adjusted to playing on the road. Uh, so you see road teams playing much better, and the, I think the betting public has been slow to adapt to that trend. That's a great point.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, and this is just one specific point, is that because high school basketball has gotten bigger, that they're more used to the big crowds and thus on the road early in their career is not as much of a transition as it used to be.
1: Exactly. And it it shows that they're better able to play on a bigger stage.
0: And that's the kind of fresh... Young gun thinking that that you've you you're not stuck in the old ruts of the of the wise guys. The wise guys are still saying, "Oh, this is a young team on the road early in the year. No way I'm going to play them." And because they're betting big money that
1: way, there's an opportunity for you to say, "Oh no, that's an outdated way to think." Exactly, and I've been able to adjust my approach and, and really keep an open mind uh, when I approach these games and, and look at you know what is the most critical piece of information in this game is is this old trends going to work or is there a new approach that needs to be taken when analyzing a given game I love it I love what you're saying I, okay so just to kind of
0: reset where we're at right now is during the losing streaks you stick to your plan which I think everyone needs to no matter what they're doing clearly if it's the wrong plan you need to figure that out and what you're saying is that I'm also examining the few areas that I think might be in need of a tightening up or an improvement. And most of those areas that you find in the improvement
1: are the areas where it's the old school thinking that you think maybe no longer applies. Exactly. And I think you need to be, it's so critical to be flexible in your approach to certain games, certain situations. You can't just stick with the same feeling uh, that, you know, I'll never take a road favorite. Uh, I'll never take uh, a big home favorite, for example, because those have provided uh, excellent opportunities uh, for me uh, recently. Okay,
0: so I know you're a poker player and you play pretty seriously – Tell me a little bit about how poker, and and poker is renowned for the young guns. It's a situation where every generation, every couple of years, there's a whole new theory out there, and it's usually a reaction to what the prior generation perfected. And the young guns say, hey, I can exploit that by doing things a little bit differently. And it seems like poker, like computer programming, is a young man's game because it takes young thoughts and perspectives. Tell me a little bit of how you apply that poker perspective and mentality to sports betting because i don't believe very many people are doing that well i think one of
1: the the key uh examples of comparing poker to sports betting is picking your spots uh picking your spots is so key in poker because you need to take advantage of when you have the best uh and and sports betting is no different when you have the best opportunities in a given season you really need to take advantage of those and uh, be able to isolate them also, a second part of uh, comparing poker that's that's allowed me to be successful in, in handicapping is value and, and maintaining a bankroll. In poker, if you don't maintain a steady bankroll, then you're, you're not able to sustain long-term. You need to keep good fundamentals and, and keep a steady bankroll going uh, and, and good money management. Agreed. The only way
0: one of my pet phrases or sayings is the only way to not win with winning picks is to go broke and stop betting them. So the worst thing you can ever do is bet so much that if you go on a reasonable losing streak that you actually go broke and get knocked out of the game. Okay, so a little bit of a reset here. Naval Academy, very impressive. Learn the discipline. Poker, learn that fresh perspective um, or, or you know, not getting stuck in the ruts of the old wise guy thinking. Tell me a little bit about how you handle winning streaks.
1: Well, one of the ways I, I handle winning streaks is I look at what's been successful. Uh, I really uh, believe history repeats itself, and so I look at what's worked for me before and I continue with that with that same approach uh, and, and I also think when you have a winning streak, it means that you're seeing the games correctly, which means you need to maximize that opportunity because in a given season there's going to be certain windows when you really see the games and certain teams uh correctly and so in in those opportunities you need to maximize them as much as possible i agree with that
0: 100% actually this is another example where the new school thinking is a little different than the old school in the old school someone would say what is i'd say hey i play capper acts in the following situations and it might be after he's at least won eight of the last 12 games let's say for example is my threshold then i'll play him the old school guys here in vegas they laugh at me i mean literally they're like well you're crazy if the guy doesn't win long term he's not a winner and i'm like i totally disagree with that yes if the guy does win long term you should play him all the time but those guys are much rarer than certain guys when they get in the zone is what I call it and they see things clearly, Evan, like you said, that's your phrase, I like it, is a guy it's like a basketball player when he, he there's certain basketball players that are always good, certain players that are as good as the best basketball players, but only when they get hot. And I think certain camper and I'm not putting you in either of these categories, Evan, we'll see if you're a true long term winner or if you're a winner that is exclusive to when you're hot. And even if you were, there's a lot of value for us with that. And we'll see. Time will tell on that. But. Specifically, though, certain cappers at certain times when they are seen clearly can win more than even the true winners over the course of the long term um, and, and I find that to be a very interesting point. so what I hear you saying is
1: when you do see things clearly, you like to capitalize on it exactly. I like to maximize my opportunities, and also uh, if uh, in order to have a constant uh, constant winning seasons, you need to you need to get wins, uh, winning overall day, uh, despite not having a, a big play that night. So one, one thing I've been able to do is take uh, maybe three plays in a given night and really get uh, a two-in-one night for, that const- for the, the winning days that really pile up over time. So not only am I able to capitalize on my big plays, which have been, uh, which, which have been really uh, my bread and butter, but I'm also able to eke out small wins on a daily basis, which really boosts my overall profit at the end of a season. Okay, let's move
0: on and talk a little bit about another interesting part of your biography, which is you actually played at the Naval Academy Division One golf at the highest level, actually participating in the national championship. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and what it's uh, helped you, what, what it's added to your ability to handicap winners.
1: Well, playing any sport at a Division One level, it really allows you to see the trends and, and the the ebbs and flows of big time athletics. Uh, it, it allows you to s- to see streaks and, and the the ups and downs of the game that that most people have no clue about because they've never seen it firsthand. So, for example, they might think just because a team's coming off a strong performance, they they're going to have another strong performance uh, in their next game. But that's not the case because there's ups and downs. Teams have good good performances and bad performances, and the, the betting public usually isn't able to 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 see those situations where a team's really going to have a down performance after uh, a big win. So you make a great point, and I love this point, which is
0: these are human beings. Sometimes even, uh, you know, I even fall into this trap. You you see some 8-2 and two ATS record, and you're thinking of it like a stock. Well, it's not a stock. These are, especially at the college level, these are kids, uh, you know, 21 or younger playing, and things like travel time, things like, Are they on spring break? Are they during exams? All these factors are human factors that do affect the games. And to me, the times I have been and various times I have been around uh, collegiate athletic teams it really sinks in that there's a human element most cappers don't see as clearly as they should and I think being a, an athlete yourself and, 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 and powing around and being around the culture of division one athletes
1: has probably taught you a lot about the way to humanize the results exactly and I was able to, to interact with uh, athletes in all the sports and just see how they're feeling after wins and losses and, and see where their focus is at and you know if they're going to be determined in the next game and it was so obvious because, you know, you'd hear what they'd say and then you'd go and you'd see the results firsthand because, you know, they they might be coming off of a terrible loss and they're talking about how their coach is really riding them hard and you just knew they were going to come out strong and, and of course, they'd come out with a big blowout win, you know, and and so I was able to really uh, soak all of that that firsthand experience in. Okay, so tell me a little bit about... And and, and, that's,
0: and and I agree with you 100% on that. Tell me a little bit about your style as a handicapper. We touched on it. We talked about the poker, the discipline, the sports now. How does that all combine? And, and give us a, a little 45-second
1: description of how you look at games typically. The, the biggest thing with the way I look at games is I take an open and fresh look at each game. I, I don't have any preconceived notions. I, I take all the information I know. I, I gather all the the pieces of information and decide what is going to be the, the deciding factor in this game. What What is critical to the, the outcome? Um, and so I, I really think that... that most handicappers they just look at trends and don't look at the big picture. Uh, my strength is being able to to accurately determine what information is going to have the the biggest impact on the the outcome.
0: And that comprehensive perspective is aided clearly by not being stuck w- with the biases of the old wise guys.
1: Exactly, and I think you know you see some guys that just you know they see a, a road uh, a road favorite and they're they're like I'm fading them automatically, but I, I don't do that. I, I take I look at every uh, every angle to the game and decide, you know, what is going to have the single most impact on the outcome.
0: Okay. So we all have the sports that we like more or have more results or better results And How would you characterize the sports that
1: you like most uh, down to least? I definitely love football the most. I think that it has the most statistics, the most motivation factors, uh, home, away dichotomies. Uh, it, it really presents a lot of information that you can use because football is such a physical and emotional sport, and you can take advantage uh, of those emotions and of the, the statistics and matchups and, and really come with strong plays. The second sport is basketball. It's, it's a close second. Uh, college basketball is definitely very close to uh, NFL and, and college football. Uh, NBA is is my third. Uh, I really try to focus on motivational factors in the NBA. I think that's the most important Uh, factor on the outcome and then last is baseball okay and 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 one i
0: think in the nba most successful and not all but most successful handicappers focus on the situational motivation because it is such a long season okay now is there anything else uh, as we come to the end of our podcast here anything else about your style about your approach
1: about what you believe you can contribute to the pregame.com community that you think is noteworthy well, I love posting in the posting forums. I think it's great the, interac- the interaction between members uh, of the forum. Uh, I- I've learned so much already just from uh, reading other people's forums. And I also enjoy uh, responding to uh, other, f- other posts. If I-, if I know a piece of information that, that might have an effect on, th- on that game and I-, I might not agree with a side, uh, I'll respond in a constructive way. I think constructive criticism and discussion is the, the best way to improve uh, y- your fundamentals and your approach to handicapping. Great point, and that's what poker players do on the boards, and it's something that the
0: sports batters could learn from, and that's something we're really trying to do at Pregame.com. Okay, well, if you want to check out any of Evan's free stuff, and there's a lot of it, you go to uh, Pregame.com, click Forms, and it's there. If you have any questions for Evan, you can email me directly, and I'll pass it on rj at com. And if you want to check out Evan's very best, best bats and his premium stuff, you can do that at pregamepros.com. And this has been our um, Meet the Pros podcast series. And we'll be back with our next pro soon.
1: Good luck.